Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. Everything. In its own way. Hey, a friend of mine came up with a pretty good idea because I was reading, as you have been, and this, this is not news, and I don't want to get into a whole discussion about this again because I think people are sick of it, mm-hmm. certainly sick of us talking about it. But it is that Americans over this past year have become really stressed out over politics. Yeah, well, and, yeah, that's a fact. And it's a fact, and it's two-thirds uh, of Americans at least feel this way, and that includes Republicans and and, and, and everybody. Right. It's been, you know, what's going to happen today? What are we going to hear today? What are going to be the tweets today? Um, and that sort of stuff. And, and I know, you know, everybody doesn't agree on this, but uh, that's just how it is. And that's, that's it's, we're, we're freaked out and stressed out about it. I always thought this song sounded like an advertisement for, that's right, you want gout, but you don't have any money, free gout. That's right, wouldn't it be great to get your gout for absolutely nothing? Then just call this number right now and you'll get free gout. Yeah, we don't know why you'd want gout, it's painful, but free gout. Don't pay anything, operators are standing by. Free gout. So I came up with, a friend of mine I should say, came up with this idea, which I think is a great idea. And it could be a business. And uh, in short, it, I'm going to call it the Room of Fury. And you can go in there, and we could, you can charge whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You set it up as a business, mm-hmm. and it's called the Room of Fury. And people go, and they pay 5 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever you think is fair, whatever the, the market will bear. And they go into this room, and there are images of the president inside the room. <laughs> there could be there could be rock'em sock'em, uh, like you know, punching bag things, all, all of this stuff with his image in it in there, and it's the room of fury where you can go in and just go crazy in there. You can break things, you can punch things, you can whap at things with baseball bats, scream, go crazy, wet yourself, whatever you want uh, for a certain period of time. For a certain amount of money, and then you come out, and I think the idea of it would be that you come out and you feel, ah, that felt good. Pat, you could, Pat, you Pat, with- Pat, Pat, you know this is already a thing. We we have one of these here in Seattle. You're kidding. Yeah, it's called yeah, it's called so- it's called Rage Industry. They actually oh. they opened this up back last spring in uh, 2017. And you can uh, you can go by yourself. It's like thirty bucks, or if yeah, you want to go, as, yeah, if you want to go as a couple or a group, you just get to go smash crap up. They've got like toilets and t- TVs, and they'll give you baseball bats and golf clubs and sledgehammers and and just all this old stuff that they they collect for people that are throwing away, and it's awesome. And I have I you think done I've, it. 
No, but I'm going to. Hmm. Um, a friend of mine told me about this a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah? She said, yeah, there's a place uh, really very close to where I live, maybe probably 20 minutes from it here I've in been, Seattle. I've been ripped off. And uh, it's called Rage Industry. Uh, I'll put a link up for us. So it's a great <laughs> idea, but you came up with it about six months too late. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a friend and I came up with this uh, quite a while ago tell you the truth but yeah i never brought it up on the podcast until now and you so. could also if you want that you can bring your own stuff <laughs> definitely to destroy yeah. uh i think it's a great idea though because you're right you you get all that pent-up anger out yeah you've destroyed something that's good you've because everybody everybody every human gets angry and often we either Why suppress you? it swallow it wanna... redirect it or take it out on somebody that, you know, like if you're really mad and you go to the store, you take it out on the clerk. And that's not a good thing. No, so no. I think this is very, very healthy. Yeah, I do. think it is, too. And I mean, you you can set these rooms up. It doesn't have to be uh, political in nature. You could be frustrated with your next door neighbor and how he sunbathes in the nude all the time. You could, uh, I, don't, I don't know, you could be, you have a hangnail and that's bugging you all the time. It could be about anything, anything that frustrates you. But a room of fury. I rather like the name, and I think that, uh, you know, if you had something going like that, uh, you'd feel just a ton better about yourself day to day. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. up some other ones. They've got, uh, there's something called the Anger Room. Good. Uh, Good. Which yeah. I don't know where that is. That's angerroom.com, and then the Break Room, which uh -huh. is, uh, I don't know where that is. Dot org. But these are like, there's something else in Manhattan. Sure. The Wrecking Club. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nice. So the the smash shack. So yeah, there's tons of these places you can go to break things. I I think it's, I think it's a fantastic idea. <laughs> we should have one on every corner, like a <laughs> yeah, like a Starbucks. Just... And I don't know if that uh, makes me feel good or bad that somebody already came up with the idea. But the important part is that it's an idea whose time has come. <laughs> yeah, you just got to do it quicker. Here's arguably a bad idea, and I wanted to get your take on this. I was, uh, we were having dinner with some friends recently, and uh, a friend said, We went to the, I was asking them about, about this place down the street. It was a, like an ale, ale house or something like a beer and bar and grill place. And I said, I noticed that place isn't open. And they said, Yeah, uh, they're closed for the season, but I, even when they reopen, we don't think we're going to go back there again. I said, oh, why is that? He said, because we went in there, and they had a new manager in there, and he's a very enthusiastic guy. So we liked his enthusiasm, but he had come up with a promotion that he called Take the Plunge. And it, and what he, what he had done was he was, you could go in and order onion rings, and the onion rings were festooned, uh, down a, the handle of a toilet plunger. Oh, and that would be God. delivered to your table, the toilet plunger, and then the onion rings down the shaft of it. And it was called Take the Plunge. Oh. And he was very proud of it. Oh. I don't, and, uh, <laughs> I don't they, know. They, they I don't know. So singularly disgusting. And I said, well, so are these brand new toilet plungers? Right. That's my first question. Well, he, he insisted that they were. So my thought was, well, okay, then that. I guess that's fine, but obviously to make this work, he's going to have to build in the price of the toilet plunger into the into the onion ring offer. And would you and so, would you so reuse them? 
Well, no, the idea is that you take it with you. It's yours once you've used it. Oh, I see. But we still found it quite disgusting, just the uh, the concept. And the fact that he was standing around like it was an, uh, a thought of genius that he had come up with. And he said he had other plans for other promotions at the restaurant. <laughs> so we were I wondering, just... what could those be? Oatmeal in an incubation tube? Ale in a catheter, soup in a bedpan. It's like a promotion you'd have in a hospital cafeteria. Yeah, and I I don't really understand the connection between plunge and onion rings. I don't I'm not know. sure. He probably came to him in a moment of inspiration. He was sitting in the bathroom, and he looks and he sees the plunger, and he says, Hey, that gives me a really good idea. Huh, Yeah. Kind of like the bloomin' onion thing at, uh, I don't know where you get the bloomin' Sounds kinda onion. Sounds kind of like cursing. At that steakhouse. Get your bloomin' onion out of uh, here, you. The world is just a great big onion. And hey, that fear of the spices that make understand the connection between a plunge I, I take the plunge yeah. like you, uh, you know what there's nothing wrong with you you just don't need to overthink it it wasn't good I, I, as a promotion. I probably am because in, I'm trying to make some connection there yeah I know you are uh, and I pray and God love you for it but it was just a stupid just a stupid idea mm-hmm. I will say it's a Tuesday promotion oh well, happens on Tuesday. Tuesdays is <clears throat> typically a day that most businesses you can like you can go to the movies on Tuesdays and get get in for half price. You can Tuesdays are typically not a great day for a lot of retail traffic or or any kind of traffic. Oh. So Tuesdays tend to be the day you can get you can get good crap for. Half well, there's price. a couple of restaurants around that that feature what they call Taco Tuesday, maybe because it sounds alliterative. And another one down the street from us has bottomless spaghetti Wednesday. And I don't think the word bottomless is ever good, unless you're a strip club. Yeah. 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 They use that for all sort like bottomless bottomless fries right. or bottomless coffee. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's not a good... Bottomless uh, underpants. I don't know what other word you could come up with. Yeah, but. I don't know either. But I, I think we both know that, uh, like we talked about on a previous podcast... If they're if they you see the word special in a restaurant, stay away because it means they're trying to get rid of something, or they're just drumming up business because the restaurant is food isn't very good and they're they're doing anything they can to get people to come in there. And also, right. stay away from any restaurant that that offers uh, <laughs> snake soup Saturday. That's a good idea. Or liverwurst Monday. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So. Um, Oh, one other thing I saw. I'm just kind of, I'm just, I'm going through my tickler file here. And I don't know if it's in Oregon or in Washington State, but there, I've seen a law that is either passed or in, in place now that would give you a DUI if you are caught using any electronics behind the wheel. Mm. Could be your phone, could be your phone, an iPad. Uh, a friend of mine used to have a little television set. Uh, the DVD player that he would set on the front seat of his car. Oh, really? 
Yeah, he would be watching movies while he's driving. He had long, long commutes. Oh, my God. He, he would insist, no, I, I hardly ever look over there. I said, well, well, you know, if you get caught doing that, I think I think they're not going to look kindly on you. He said, ah, they're never going to catch me. I'm fine. And, this, you, you know, you and I have talked about all the things people do when they're driving. Mm-hmm. Long before there were cell phones, mm-hmm. I would see people, you know, clipping their toenails, uh, shaving. I, I'm guilty of the shaving thing myself, but I never take my eyes off the road while mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. So this is just... So now, apparently, you're going to be given a DUI, and I believe it is in the state of Oregon, and probably Washington, too. And so, I, so I'm thinking, well, okay, that's fine, but what about other distractions that you could that would arguably be even bigger than that? Mm-hmm. Like eating a big old sloppy Reuben sandwich while you're driving. Or what about blathering passengers? Uh, like you're in a carpool and other people are blathering about politics or whatever. Wouldn't those be arguably just as big a distraction as, as uh, electronics? Or, or for that matter, your radio. I've, I never understood why you get to have a radio in your car. I like it. It's mm-hmm. a great convenience, the music. But any anything that takes you away from studying the road in front of you, being able to hear horns honking, uh, etc. Seems on the on the face of it to be a bad idea. What do well, you think? not true. There's um, people who are hearing impaired can get driver's licenses. Well, is that a good idea? Uh, I I don't know how much do you use your hearing when you're driving. I I I use my eyes more than I use my ears. Just because someone's honking their horn at me doesn't mean I, I don't know why. Why do I need to hear that? Well, you you want to be able to shift your your gaze over to see the accompanying flipping of the bird. Usually <laughs> goes with the horn. That's very true. So I I I don't I don't know, but yeah, you're right. The uh, distracted driving laws cover more than phone use, but I yeah. still see people with their phone to their ear, and I stare at them. I just. I look over at him, which is stupid, because guess what I'm doing? I'm taking my eye off the road and the car in front of me to look to the left and stare at the jackass who has the phone to his ear. I think that I think the the only honest thing to think through all of this is that the only good driver on the road is yourself. Yeah, right. Everybody else making the mistakes that I make routinely. But somehow when they make them, it's not as forgivable. Right. The one thing I don't understand, and maybe you can help me with it, is the... I'm sure I can. The law that you can't even use, do anything while you're at a stop sign or a red light or a train crossing. That That's like, well, the car's stopped. Why, why can't I grab my phone and shoot off a quick text? I'm not moving. It's not, it's not, I'm not moving. Why, why is that illegal? Well, like you said, maybe you're at a train stop, but you didn't realize that you actually stopped on the tracks. <laughs> and, uh, and there's you a always, train. Yeah, see, you always bring up things I hadn't thought about. So there you go. And yeah. I think it's it's not called a DUI. I think it's called DUIE. I don't know why it's because DUI well, it is be. driving under the influence. Yeah, well, it's a, basically the idea that you're driving under the influence 
perhaps not of alcohol, but in being influenced by oh, sure. any, other, any kind of distraction. Sure. Uh, Got it. your mind wrote. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to, and as we're recording this, there has been a horrific Amtrak train crash uh, near Tacoma, and uh, lives have been lost. And, uh, you know, as we're recording this, we don't know all the details of the story. But what I do know is from riding on trains myself from time to time, that is those vehicles, much like school buses, do not require you to wear seat belts. Right. On there, they don't even they don't even have seat belts on school buses, and it's a it's a time honored but uh, continually perennially head scratcher to me why seat belts are not required on school buses of all things, and I know it ultimately becomes a matter of um, uh, of money. And, uh, you know, cost benefit and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But but this in the midst of, of, <clears throat> of at the same time, people can be wringing their hands about our dear little kids. Right. Uh, preyed upon by predators or or you can even go farther back to that. The people who who have strong opinions about abortion and and lives yet unborn. And yet. They're not taking very good care of the ones that are are actually living, breathing little humans right now. Well, because it all comes down to money, and it's going to cost a ton of money to outfit all these school buses with all these seat belts, and 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 I guess they have to. The, the big school buses they don't go very fast, and they're just driving around the neighborhood, and so they feel like the cost is not going to, um, you know, make it worth doing doing the right thing it's always about money 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 money, money. we seem to have plenty of money for other things yep uh, exactly but, uh, in that and, and there's a hypocrisy in those things that we choose and pick mm -hmm. uh, to, to spend our money on and those that that well we don't really have the bread for that right now. Let's just let's just take our chances. Mm -hmm. I guess it's one thing too if the school buses were a little more cushiony, but I mean uh, <laughs> they seem to mostly be made of metal inside, so making it even more unforgivable if you should go lurching forward and bang your head against something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anyway, even even in an even in an airplane, you have to you have to keep your seatbelt on even while you're flying. Yeah. Yeah. Just in yeah. case you hit a cloud accidentally and, you know, I don't you know sure about you. I always take my seat. I just once I'm we're up and, you know, they say, please keep if you're in your seat, keep your seatbelt on. Ah, eh, no, I'm taking it off. Boy, you are a scofflaw and a rebel. I just want to be comfortable as much as I can. Yeah. In well, I don't think you're supposed to take your shoes off either. And I always do that. <laughs> They think your shoes will go flying around. The, yeah, that's true. It's turbulence or something like that. That's true. Uh, but I don't recommend that everybody should get to take their shoes off, especially those that don't bathe all the time. <laughs> I, I was sitting next to a guy and who had the, the most profoundly odiferous feet I think I have ever, ever experienced. And it was tough, man. It was tough getting through that flight. Yeah. I, I keep little lavender wipes in my purse in case there's anything particularly stinky happening around me. Cause, Smart. 
smart. Yeah, it's, it's, See, that's what a veteran traveler does. Yeah, yeah. So all right. I don't know if you saw this video online yeah, about I saw this. It. Yeah. <laughs> no, this the what I'm going to tell you about. Oh this, yeah, that one. Yeah, I've seen it. There's a guy in in Tacoma or Olympia, Washington. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. okay, then yeah. what is it? What did he do? Well, I don't even want to talk about it. It's just so <laughs> annoying. No, I'm sorry. No, it's being... pre- it's actually pretty brilliant. Who 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 got uh, tired of pi- uh, they call them porch pirates, and these are the guys that or gals that will wait for a package to be delivered to your house right. and then sneak up and snatch it. And because people have more more and more video cameras now, they are posting a lot of these online uh, for people to see. And this guy said, I've just, I've had enough of it. And he built a decoy box that has a, uh, a device inside that when you pick it up, it shoots off a shotgun blast. <laughs> Ooh, wow. And the video, I can't stop watching it because it just is hilarious. So what, what, would, we, what it, would we look for? What, what would be a good subject line to have, bring that up on YouTube? Uh, oh well, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna I'll post it here in just a second. Okay, um, well that's better yet. I'll post it in a minute. But right. so it's right. a exploding box, and he turned it into a business now. Well, of course he Where did. you can order these? They're just it's it's a brick with uh, a shotgun shell, and then wiring so that it trips when they um, when they pick up the box here. Hold on just a second. You can edit this part out. I'm trying to look it up here. Um, I posted it on my Facebook page. I should be able to find it there. Uh, that way I can give you the info. Hold on just a second here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, it's called... Um, What's it called? I'm sorry. Oh, it's called The Blank Box is the product. It's called The Blank Box. And it's he just rigs fake packages with blank shotgun, shotgun shells. That um, and I'll post the video on on our website. Okay. Because you you you'll have you'll want to watch it over and over when you watch. He goes. Sometimes I just sit in my in my window in my house and I'll see somebody coming up to steal a package off my porch in Tacoma, and it's just hilarious to watch these guys. They actually fall down. They they throw the box down and they will fall down the porch steps and run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it would be a, a good idea for a TV show to have kind of a hidden camera uh, for for and, and make it into a TV show. You remember the program Candid Camera, and I always felt a little bad about that one because these were otherwise innocent people being put into embarrassing situations. But yeah, I, I I think if you're if you shoot a camera at people that are doing bad things, you know, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, and they're they're they deserve yeah. they deserve to be exposed yeah. as Speeding. the ne'er-do-wells yeah. they are yeah 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 i think that'd be good yeah that would be fun or people that are people that are doing these um uh, these scams uh phone scams and and all, all these things that they're trying to just hurt other people yeah. yeah i've never understood the mentality i know humans like anybody can get to a point of desperation like those squirrels that now want the food so bad they're fighting with each other and they'll steal from each other to get it. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, but uh, human beings ought, ought to be a, a bit above that. And sometimes it's not even well, people that are desperate. They it's just kind of their yeah, lifestyle. That's the they do it. Yeah, they do it for fun because. I, I agree with you. I, I don't. I think if if your children are starving and you are somehow uh, so desperate that you go into Albertsons and shoplift a loaf of bread. <clears throat> oh my God! Not Albertsons, please! Your, not Albertsons. <laughs> to feed your children, that is that is a crime. It is a crime, but that to me seems to be an understandable. Uh, reason but if you don't know there's bread in that amazon box sitting up so you can't tell me well my kids are hungry so i stole your amazon package that yeah. they don't know what's in there they're just stealing it to to try to get um you well, know, resell it or something resell yeah. it or get good stuff and i don't know did you ever work at a, did you ever work at a place where you uh where it, like in a store or a place where there where you might see shoplifting going on yeah, I worked in retail, but I don't remember, recall ever seeing a... I worked in a grocery store when I was a kid in high school and through much of my college time. And uh, and I would occasionally see shoplifting going on. And and I every time we got the shoplifter, it usually, they, you wait for them to leave the store. Because technically you haven't stolen anything until oh, they leave. Oh, that's a so, good point. And as soon as we'd catch them outside... Or I'd tell the manager, hey, that guy's got the baloney under his armpit or whatever. And they'd go out and they'd catch catch the miscreant, or even if it was me, sometimes it would catch him. My, this says a lot about me. I felt really bad for him. Mm. I didn't want to. Mm. I didn't want to catch him. I didn't want to mm. have him get arrested or whatever was going to happen to them. And I didn't like being put in the position of that. So then I felt more sympathy than anger at the at these people. You, you scratch your head and wonder what? Doggone it! Why did you do it? And you wish, maybe, could I just have warned them not to do it? No, they they'd do it again probably. Yeah, and I, you know, I worked in retail. I never saw. I was actually a shoplifter. Uh, I I think I've told you this story. <laughs> I I began a my shoplifting career as a very young child. Well, I think that's good. I mean, it's important to start young at anything you're going to do. I, I, I wasn't taught. I think it's, it's a, it's the mindset of if you want something and you're unable to get it, you'll find any, any way possible to get it. Yeah. And I was about five or six years old. I think about five years old. Can't quite remember. But I don't know if you remember, and I've told you this story before. You remember the Brock's? candy yeah. displays at stores they were a big giant big giant yeah. cardboard bin that was separated into different uh, uh bins that had all this different kind of brock's candy and you would get a bag oh, it was a horn of plenty you'd get a yeah. bag and you'd fill it up it didn't matter which of the candies you filled up and then they weighed it and you got it and i remember being in the store with my mother and i said oh there's the brock's candy thing can we get can I get some no no you cannot have any candy oh and I I wheedled and whined and through the whole store please 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 well after about a half hour of nose I thought 
well, I'm just going to take some. And I I was little, about get about five years old. And I remember that in those days, my mom, I used to have wear dresses. So it was very easy for me to just whip my little dress up, open up my underpants, and throw some candy. I loaded it up. Yeah, I always hated that girls had that advantage. I just loaded it up. And I thought, I didn't feel bad. I actually felt quite proud that I had figured out a way to get it. And no one's ever going to know. The problem was that the cellophane wrappers on uh, the Brock's candy were very loud. <laughs> yes. So as we're walking out to the car, I'm walking. My mom goes, my mother, my mother goes, what? what? What's that noise? Nothing. And, of course, we get in the car, and I can't wait to have a candy. You know what that's called, don't you? What? Rustling. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, she found out, uh, I, I think, oh, I know, is by the time we got home and loaded the groceries, and I, get, I, was, so, I was an idiot for, on so many levels, because I came bouncing into the room with a big mouth packed full of candy. <laughs> packed full of candy and she's like where did you get that and then my whole life turned upside down because she actually was very smart and she hauled me she got me put me in the car with the candy the rest of the candy and took me to the store manager and made me confess and I was this I was the scaredest I've ever been in my whole life and that's you, you probably thought you were going off to jail. I did. I thought I was. So she did the right thing. And that that so that was my first shoplifting experience and my last one. She she curbed it right there. Well, that is that is good. I remember I think I've told this story before. My little brother, my youngest brother, went to uh, he would routinely stick candy in his pants when he would go into the store, but he'd rarely do it by himself. He'd, it'd always be when someone else was with him. Uh, and he wouldn't necessarily try to show them that that's what he was doing, but he'd do it all the time. And uh, and my mom took him in to a drugstore, and there was a Santa there, uh, you know, department store Santa, and uh, and he and she was in, and she's picking things up. She didn't notice he was putting stuff like candy bars and stuff into his pants. And so she says, Hey, before we leave, let's go, let's go see Santa and tell Santa what, ask him what, what he might be able to bring you for Christmas. And how old was he? Um, well, I'm going to say he was 27, but, but I don't know. He's a little kid, yeah. three or four, something like that. Five. I don't know. Little kid, little enough to want to go sit on Santa's knee. So he goes up and he sits on Santa's knee. And as soon as he gets up onto the knee, the candy comes pouring out of his pockets. <laughs> There's this moment of quiet, and then Santa says, So what do you want for Christmas, little boy? And you think my, my brother would say something like, I want to say I'm so sorry for stealing things. Or, or whatever, you know. Instead he goes, and he looks Santa right in the eye and he says, I'd like to punch you in the face. Oh, my God. And my mom was so mortified at that that she looked and forgot completely that he'd been stealing candy. Hustled him out of there. 
There's no more to that story than that. Why was he so mad at Santa? uh, I don't think he was. I think he, and I I would say almost in a Trumpian turn, he switched the topic from himself to Santa. He shifted the blame. Ah. You will. Got it. Uh, You know, I've heard somebody describe as somebody throwing a skunk into the room and whatever else he'd been talking about previously, now all it's... All the attention is directed towards the skunk. Right. You got your dead skunk in the middle of the road. Dead skunk in the middle of the road. Dead skunk in the middle of the road. Stinking the high heaven. Very smart. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty smart for a little kid. What do you what do you call that the old shell guy? I mean, it's uh, you're diverting somebody's attention to something else. Right, exactly. Is he uh, now? Does he work in politics now? No, he. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say he's now a department store Santa Claus. <laughs> well, we uh, we need to put the rest. I wanted to read a couple of quick things that might have might have escaped your attention. They, not all of them are funny, but this is kind of sobering. The three richest people in this country. Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Warren Buffett own as much wealth as the entire bottom half of the U.S. population. Good for them. Isn't that staggering? Yeah. The the entire bottom half of the country don't have as much money collectively as those three people do by themselves. Yeah, it is is staggering. It's pretty amazing. Uh, here's another story. An Egyptian woman is seeking a divorce two weeks into her marriage because her husband won't stop doing the housework. Says her spouse spends almost all his time cleaning, washing, ironing clothes, rearranging items in the fridge. She said she asked him to stop, and he told her that if she lived in his house, she had to abide by his rules. She said, my husband is a housewife, and I can no longer handle his actions. And she wants to divorce the guy. (laughs) For for what I would assume most spouses would would kill yes. to have somebody that was doing that yes in the house exactly well maybe maybe he's so distracted by all that that he's not giving her you know you know the right kind of attention you know? oh oh good point good yeah point. if he's always scrubbing out toilets you know yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Uh, and then police in Kansas had to end an interrogation. And you don't you talk about my little brother changing the subject or yeah. shifting attention. That's what this suspect, when they were questioning him, he was pulled over by police. They found a bunch of drugs and a couple of handguns in his car. But while the detective was interviewing the guy, the guy leaned to one side and released a loud... <laughs> And the officer wrote, and this man, Mr. Sykes, continued to be flatulent. <laughs> and at that point, I, I had to end the interview. They released the guy and then uh, and later charged uh, him with unrelated drug and firearms offenses. But at that moment, they said, we're going to have to let you go. You, you can. <laughs> it's a really good defense mechanism if you can, if you, can um, you know, uh, manufacture them. Yeah. Yeah. In in a timely manner, I'm I can't manufacture. They come at the most inconvenient. I think you're selling yourself me, short. I mean, I think if you put your <laughs> mind to it, you could. Two more things: stovetop, the turkey stuffing mac. Maker. I love stovetop. Don't tell me this better not be bad. 
it's uh it's actually good. Oh, good. This is this is under the heading only in America. They're selling elastic waistband pants <laughs> to make it more comfortable to overeat, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas time. They cost nineteen ninety eight, and they got a stuffing motif cummerbund that comes with them, and Cute. this will expand to twice its original size over the wearer's abdomen. Wow. One of these limited edition pants. You'll be able to enjoy more of uh, the food of the holidays in comfort and in style. Yeah. Well, or you could just not wear pants. That's what a great country we live in. I know. Uh, one thing before I let you get away. Uh, did you ever hear of a comedian named George Miller? I don't think so. No. He's, he's not with us anymore. He was a very... Very funny man, but a little unusual and kind of a, kept to himself. Well, I didn't have a lot of really good friends, but he was one of those handful of comedians, stand-up comics, that every other stand-up comic admires because they love his material so much and 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 in some cases would even steal it, I suppose. But I was listening to a podcast the other day. And they, and they said, what is the, one of the things that you remember George Miller saying that, that you never forgot and makes you still laugh to this day? It was probably when he said, I've learned that after you make love to a woman, it is not a good idea to say, well, Gertrude, that ought to hold you for a while. <laughs> For listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at peculiarpodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.